Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are discussing the monster romance genre. We are so excited. <laughs> like, it's genuinely. Just, yeah, I've truly been looking forward to this. You guys might be thinking, like, monster romance. No, like, that sounds like something I would never like. Well, hey, never say never. We didn't think so either, but now here we are. And there's something in it that is maybe more appealing than you realize. Let's talk about why people, usually women, like monster romance. This is an article um, published on the book Riot. It is called A Brief History of Sexy Monsters, and it's by Julia Rittenberg. I read this article maybe a couple years ago. I read this article shortly after I watched a video essay by Lindsay Ellis, who is actually talked about in this um, article, about why women like monster romances. And the thing is, it's undeniable. Like people, like you can say it's not for me, whatever, but you're probably in the minority if you really truly don't like monster <laughs> romance. Um, like, let's be so real. <laughs> so starting with folklore, the 18th century French story that inspired the Disney cartoon version of Beauty and the Beast is not the only story about a woman who falls for a monster. So the original Beauty and the Beast is actually classic tales about animal brides and grooms from around the world. This folklore was prevalent in more than 20 countries. This was not specific to one region of the world. Like, this is a phenomenon. So basically, like, we're all familiar with Beauty and the Beast. Like, the Beast is kind kind of a jerk at first, but the more the beast is exposed to um, like the kindness and like, like soft nature of the quote unquote beauty who usually is like outwardly beautiful as well. That beast then becomes like more loving and cherishes like that beauty. Beauty and the beast is personally like, that was one of my favorite films growing up. And I don't know if you've seen on TikTok how everyone kind of jokes about it, but they genuinely, like as kids, they explain a feeling like disappointed when the beast transforms into Adam. Yeah. They're like, no, give me my my beast back. Like I fell in love with the beast. I want This is just a man. Yeah. Like, and so that is just so funny to me because I do remember as a kid being like, well, that's kind of like, that's not who Belle fell in love with. Like, I understand that he is Adam. Like, I get that. But but he only became the beast because he had to like go through these like trials and tribulations and yeah. it made him a better person than when he was just Adam. And I think it kind of takes away from it then because it's like, yeah, Belle fell in love with him regardless. Like Belle accepts him for who he is as the beast. And so to then be like, okay, you can turn back into a human now. It's like, I don't know. The whole point is he's loved as he is. And so I always kind of felt that in my heart as a kid. Yeah. I was like, no, where's where's my man? That's not my man. That's my man. But thankfully, like in the sequels and stuff, uh, he is in his beastly form again. So it's like kind of interesting to me that they even ended the first one that way. Like, does he have the option to shapeshift? Because like kind of into that, but. <laughs> I would be kind of into that as well. Um, <laughs> I get it. I don't know canonically if that's what's going on. But we all know that like, Beauty and the Beast has inspired many an adaptation. Even Akatar is loosely based on Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just very prevalent in our history. Also, speaking of monster romance, there's a subgenre called supernatural romance, which we are very familiar with. Who here did not read Twilight? Because you are living under a rock. Go read it. You're a liar. You're a liar and pathetic and alone in life. I'm just kidding. Um, But Twilight was formative. Like every girl was like, I want a vampire boyfriend. Or a werewolf boyfriend. Or a werewolf boyfriend. Yes, I want some big, strong monster to take care of me and protect me and love me and cherish me and think I'm the most wonderful thing in the world. Even though I am just a regular girl. Because Because they have like these like like instincts that are different than like a human's and like I think that's what's the most intriguing is that it's almost like more of like a territorial like primordial instinct yes it's very what is that primitive and and that's just kind of like something that it's kind of a bonus to it all because usually in the story the typically a human woman feels a little bit like unsure at first like if she's allowed to have these feelings and it almost feels like rebellious for her to be you know attracted to a monster and I think there's something to be said about that as well as like it's a way that young women kind of feel like they're taking back like their own power they're being kind of rebellious and Mm -hmm. and that's kind of just appealing in general We could also talk about Phantom of the Opera, which this article goes into next, because the Phantom, there's a whole entire part of the fandom that wanted Christine to end up with the Phantom. And they're like so fucking toxic. (laughs) We could definitely investigate that for like how toxic it is. Yes. But so much so that Andrew Lloyd Webber made a fucking sequel where Christine basically like falls back in love with the phantom and it turns out that the son that she has is actually the phantoms like the sequel says that like they actually banged really quick before she left in the first one which doesn't make sense it's like Um, when would they have the time (laughs) yeah like when he was enchanting her in her sleep no like it's supposed to be that they banged like at the end like once she is leaving with Raoul, like she comes back and she bangs him really quick like and she's like, quick. okay, bye. Like in the yeah. room closet, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of fucked up. But <laughs> the important part is, sorry if you can hear noodles squeaking okay. toy. <laughs> My dog loves to squeak. At the she nose. loves to be the center of the tension. She is the drama. She honestly, yeah, she is. Hey, noodles. Hey, can you bring that here? I'm can you like go it. fucking somewhere else? <laughs> I- I'm going to throw it. Bring it here. No. Hear my squeaks. She doesn't want to bring it to me. Anyway, um, the important part is that the reason why they wanted Christine to end up with the monster is because he was, like, powerful and, like, you know, mysterious. But he also, like, he only had a soft spot for her. Like, he was, like, strong and... I mean, he was kind of evil. <laughs> um, he was very evil. Like, let's be for real. <laughs> he, yeah, he's not the the best. He's example. a villain. <laughs> um, but he had a soft spot for her, and so that felt it felt special, you know. And they were like, Christine, why are you giving that up? Because he lives inside of a theater and has no income, and also uh, kills people. 
Yeah, but like so do a lot of the monsters in yeah. monster romance. So yeah, I think the main part of it is like people just want to feel loved and cherished and protected. And so when there is this like character who is primitive and doesn't have a soft spot for anything in its life, then all of a sudden has a soft spot for only the main female character. It just feels special. And also like when things started to be like adapted into movies as well, like one that I can particularly remember, and I think they talked about it in this too, is the um, shape of water. Mm -hmm. So very much a monster romance. Uh, There was like kind of a hot and heavy, like fishy sex scene that people are like, whoa, Mm -hmm. what is that about? But it had like a very high response from women. Yeah. It's for the girlies. I'm into that. And I'm like, I get it. Like, that fish man loved her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's like he was he was soft for her, you know? Yeah. Or even like <laughs> this one says the internet uh was trying to figure out why people found or why women found venom to be sexy. And I'm <laughs> like, well, first of all, that's Tom Hardy, why not? And yeah, second of all, actually, like that's a good point. I mean, like, he's strong and powerful. He just is. Like, I don't know how to explain it to you. The girls that get it, get it. But of course, like, monster romance has, like, also turned into monster erotica. And that's going to be kind of what we're focusing on today. (laughs) We are not doing anything that is below an R rating. Yeah, no, these are all very... This is, like, an M rating, a mature audience only. Yeah, which I would say many of our episodes are, so. Uh, (laughs) It's, like, for the, uh, what do the the McElroys say, like, this this is not for babies babies. (laughs) if you're a baby you're cool um for listening but we already kind of discussed the reasons that people like it so now we're gonna dive into what is popular out there what do we have around right now (laughs) yeah like what's hot right now a lot's hot right now (laughs) yeah tabby why don't you kick us off with let's get into it okay the first one I'd like to talk about today is the Tempting Monsters series by Catherine Moon. Um, the, I've only read the first one. It's called The Lady of Rooksgrave Manor. It was actually initially recommended to me by a coworker, and I was shooken when I read it the first time. And I am so glad she recommended it to me. Um, so it's about this lady, and I'm trying. I'm going to try not to spoil it, but I might a little bit. But you should still read it. So it's about this lady who's like working in this household and it gets fired. I don't remember why, but um, the doctor of the woman that she like oversees the household for is like, I may have some work for you, but you can never tell anyone about it because it's like a home. It's like a foster's home for imaginary friends, but they're monster men. And like, this is where all these men go to like basically be with women if they want to but also like just like kind of roam free and be their little freak selves and so anyway she goes and she ends up falling in love with the doctor who is like a dr jekyll mr hyde type character and the monster side of him is super scary and i love him um she also falls in love with a vampire and the vampire and dr jekyll are kind of boyfriends love that shit and then uh, an invisible man a sphinx and this dude that was a golem so he's made of stone but like he fucks <laughs> yeah, i would say he fucks real hard <laughs> like a real hard um anyway it was a very interesting book i will probably read the other two i was intrigued enough to keep going 
Yeah, I'm down to read it. The very first monster romance like that I've read that's not like Beauty and the Beast inspired, you know, because these are all like a step above. Like they, they all kind of <laughs> they kind of go above and beyond. <laughs> they kind of get down and dirty. All the ones we're going to talk about today. So the first series I've read, and I've actually not read all of them, but it's the Orc Sworn series by Finley Finn. There are eight of these novels. I have read five of them. I really kind of dig them. So something that I didn't mention before when we were talking about the background, but like another like really common theme um, in these books is that the monsters themselves are actually extremely misunderstood. Like they are perceived as monsters by the world, but really they're actually like. And they're like mostly hearted. Yes. For the most part. I will say like me personally, like I don't really want to read it if the monster is not humanoid. Um, but I mean, other people do. I'm willing to keep my mind open though. Yeah. Like I, I would read it. It just wouldn't be like my first choice. You know what I'm saying? But these, um, Orc Sworn series is basically like the humans live and in this like area that's surrounded by mountains and the orcs live in the mountains. And they are of course perceived by the humans as being monstrous and evil, Um, And so these women are being told by everyone, like, the worst thing that could happen is, like, you get kidnapped by an orc and they'll steal you and take you to the mountain, which, like, okay, I guess the first one, he does (laughs) does actually kidnap her. (laughs) I I kind of forgot the first one. He does truly kidnap her. But that's not, But she likes it. (laughs) That's not typically what's going on. <laughs> Listen, uh, I have nothing but love for Grimar. Okay. he He's a king. So <laughs> she does actually get kidnapped. She does actually end up liking it like pretty immediately. Because the other thing about the women in these books is that they are being oppressed by the human men in their lives. And so then when they do go to live in Org Mountain and they're being like kind of cherished and like put on a pedestal and treated as like the most precious things, then they're kind of like, hey, this is dope. Because like, this isn't terrible. Yeah, like back home I was getting like cheated on, oppressed, like abused in some way or another. And so they're like, this kind of actually fucks. So yeah, that's the gist of like the Orc Sworn universe. Each one is kind of its own like little story about what the background is of the orc and the woman. And also, there are there are boyfriends who are boyfriends in this because oh, a lot of that. the orcs because like um there are no female orcs, there's only male orcs. Like the only way orcs are born is when an orc and a human woman mate. Like, they, there mm. are no female orcs. Oh, so they're just, like, all fucking each other then. Yeah, so, like, there, like, legitimately are a lot of boyfriends in Orc Mountain. And oh, so, love. at least one of these books is about a thruple, which I have not read that one. I love a good thruple. Yeah, absolutely. Those are honestly my favorite books. Yeah, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Love that. Um. Okay, so, my next one is one that I actually stumbled upon on um on tiktok i haven't read it it's called 
Scream for the Scarecrow. And I think it's the first book in the darkly depraved monster series by Violet Taylor. It Hell is a novella. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to pull this up because I don't know if I can accurately like describe this book. Yeah. So... Scarlet has no idea that her encounter with a harmless scarecrow will soon change her life forever when she ends up in the same pumpkin patch on the night of All Hallows' Eve. Something has changed. A monster now roams the rows of pumpkins and gourds, and he hungers for more than just her blood. Basically, she fucks the scarecrow. Hell yeah, she does. (laughs) She screams for the scarecrow. She do be doing it with that scarecrow. I think it's like two lovers that are turned into scarecrows doomed to like haunt this pumpkin patch forever and so i don't know if it's like she gets with both of these scarecrows or like what the deal is with that but she has scarecrow it's like short enough that i am willing to read it i'm always down to read a novella though like i don't anything yeah if If it's it's less than 200 pages like i'm in yeah absolutely the next series that I want to talk to you all about is the Duskwalker Brides series by Opal Rain. The Duskwalkers are, well, let me back up. <laughs> <laughs> let me start over. Let me start over. So there's like, again, humans that live in these villages and they're surrounded by the veil, which is in the veil. Um, that's kind of where the demons live, like those, those types of creatures. And so the humans like have to like live in villages to be you know, safe from these um, monsters who can easily harm them. And in this particular village, in the first book, which is the only one I've read so far, this girl named Rhea, she lives there and everyone's kind of scared of her because her entire family got killed by demons, but she survived it. And so they all think she's like bad luck. And so because of that, they offer her to a desk walker the Duskwalkers are like more powerful beings. They're like part demon, part human in a way. They like have humanity at, at a certain point. And they're they're more powerful. They can do some magic. And so Ooh. they're like offering her as a sacrifice so that he will place like a protection charm around the village. And so she goes with them and because her life sucks, like she's a social pariah. So she's like, whatever, I'll just I'll no, like, what are my other my chances? <laughs> yeah, because like she lives a life of solitude, like no one will allow her to do anything. So she's like, why not? And then she actually ends up like falling in love with this desk walker. It turns out he is um, compassionate and thoughtful and also he is a really good lay and <laughs> he is a very attentive lover as he, well 100% <laughs> and um he does every once in a while come close to eating her because of his his monstrous instincts but yeah that kind of adds to it a little bit I feel. <laughs> wow it's like the thrills <laughs> That's the am real. I gonna get eaten or am I gonna get like eaten? Yeah, like oh, stay tuned. Um, at one point she's like getting eaten, and then she almost gets eaten. Oh shit! <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Anyway, what was that called? <laughs> the first one is called Assault to Keep. These are the cool. Deathwalker Brides series, and there are five of them in total. What's interesting about the Deathwalkers is like 
in order to have more humanity, they actually do have to eat humans because like the more, like whenever they consume something, they like take something from that thing. I see that he does have like a kind of scary mask on. Is that just his face or does that that come off? Is actually just his face. (laughs) I'm going to pretend that he is tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) (laughs) he he is tall and dark (laughs) Ah, i'll give it a go my last group of books is the deliciously dark fairy tale series by kf breen um so the first one's called ruin of roses i am not gonna lie i actually hated this series (laughs) because (laughs) there was zero plot and i know like i know what i'm getting into when i read these books like i know there's not going to be plot but like it was pretty bad very spicy though if that's what you're looking for that's what you're gonna get it is kind of like beauty and the beast inspired but they're fae and so like a lot of these fae have like animalistic qualities though and basically it's just like a whole bunch of orgies like constantly in this book it's kind of a lot at one point this girl was like i mean what if we just like did it in your beast form and i was like okay queen like i personally don't want to see that but like (laughs) she's a girl who knows what she wants but, like, you do you. Um, and so, like, there is, like, a lot of, like, the monster-esque romance in those books. But they are not terrible. I just got bored with it after a while. Because it's, like, you can only read, like, so much smut within three books before you're just, like, okay. Like, where are we going with I this? know. Like, I want there to still be a story. And that's just my personal preference. I do want there to actually be a plot. You know, it's kind of a joke that you're, like, I, I want a plot with my erotic fiction. But, like, I genuinely do. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just a me like even thing. just like a little bit of a plot like I just need to have like some resolution at the end <laughs> I need you to just like at least pretend like there's a story going. yeah yeah um, and that's not what she was doing here so yeah. that's okay though again that's just our personal preference some people might prefer no plot at all the third thing that I would like to discuss is they're kind of shorter. I would. I don't think they advertise themselves as novellas, but I think that they were kind of like less than 300 pages, if I remember. Like I've read the first one. So this is the Monstrous Mate series by Charlotte Swan. So far, there's two. And the first one, it was cute. Um, I didn't really like take it as a monster romance because they're actually just both fae. But the thing is like, she is a light elf and he is the dark elf king and like their mm. people like basically the light elves have a lot of misconceptions about dark elves and kind of see them as monsters but really okay. they're, they're just the same but with different cultures so I guess it's more of like an allegory for racism but like they come together and and they're mates and and they like unite their people so it's their boyfriends <laughs> Um, well, one's a girl, one's a boy, but (laughs) there are no boyfriends, unfortunately, in this one. It's just the two of them. They're monogamous, but that's cute, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine, I suppose. I'm kidding. Um, also, I can't believe we forgot originally to put this on our list, but I would like to talk about the Ice Planet Barbarian series. Oh, fuck, yeah. Because what are we thinking? Not like, honestly, that. that's truly what kicked this shit off. Yeah. So, okay. Ice Planet Barbarians is by Ruby Dixon. There are apparently 20 primary works in this. And there's 46 total works because there's a bunch of, like, little short ones. 
but 20 like full books. So I apparently need to read these because that keeps me busy free. for a long time. They are free on Kindle Unlimited. That's amazing. So yeah, the Ice Planet Barbarians is um it's uh they're aliens. Like it's fully a different planet. I think in the first one she does get abducted by them. I don't know if that's like the plot of everything, like if every single one is them being abducted. I downloaded the first one for us. Okay, we will be reading that and reporting. We that will to you all. yeah, circle back to this. <laughs> So let's talk really quick about some monster romances. Um, Sorry, monster romance authors. I think the big bad of monster romances is none other than my girl, Katie Robert, who has just written the most toe-curling smut I've ever read in my life. Um, She's also very inclusive. We love that. Slay Queen. She is known for her retellings of, like, Greek mythology. I don't remember what they're called, but it's like the, oh, Dark Olympus. It's the Dark Olympus series. Mm -hmm. Those are really good. But she also is known for her monster romances. So um, some of her most popular ones is the A Deal with the Demon series. So we have The Dragon's Bride, which is probably the most popular one out of all of them. And then The Kraken Sacrifice, which I have seen some graphic imagery of. From Katie Roberts' um, Instagram, um, The Demon's Bargain, The Gargoyle's Captive, which I am very interested in, and then The Succubus's Prize. So all of these are, like, I don't even know if I would say they are human-esque. Because mm-hmm. the Kraken don't have legs. He got tentacles. No, these are pretty well, like, like fo- they don't follow this the general rule of remaining kind of humanoid the like, dragons but he is like a dragon and he has two wieners mm-hmm. yeah i've seen art i've seen some artwork we've of that. done some research <laughs> on those <laughs> what's i think what sets apart these authors that we're discussing now is like they throw caution to the wind like these are balls to the wall (laughs) monster romances like they're not like oh yes he's a monster but he's still like somewhat like they are borderline doing it with like not even animals but like they are creatures yeah they're they're doing it monsters yeah yeah really monsters um Siggy Shade is another author that it's is... It's just a twisted bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Shout out to you, Siggy. Um, so <laughs> we pulled a few <laughs> titles here we thought sounded interesting. Um, Breeding with Bigfoot, that is exactly what it sounds like. This girl apparently is camping and then just, like, has sex with Bigfoot. And then the, for some reason, literally the next day, she is, is like... with child. But he um, has to just nut in her every day to not die. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, did I leave that out? My yeah, you, you actually didn't mention the biggest part of that whole story. Um, so, yeah, she needs special special milk every day, which is That's what it's probably called, his, his, his super cum. special milk. Um. Daddy's secret sauce. <laughs> That's actually, I, I'm not going to lie. These do not intrigue me personally. The next Not one the breeding one, at least. Is Jack's head. So Jack is like a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> it's like, it's the headless horseman. She gets in a fight with her fiance, storms out of her car, but the headless horseman haunts the road. And so 
she immediately gets snatched by the headless horseman. Why doesn't she listen? I don't know. But he's like, I don't know. If you bang me, maybe I'll let you live. It's honestly kind of predatory. Yeah, they like make a deal and it's like she has to make it through till morning or she dies. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Yeah. So that one's actually okay. kind of scary. It's like a little spooky. <laughs> and then the next one, swallowing water. She accidentally summons a water monster who says that they're soulmates. It's like the king of the underwater fae or something like that, but he presents himself as a wall of water. Yeah, and this wall of water can, like, shapeshift and and make multiple appendages, if you know what I mean. Um, But he's like, you need to return to Atlantis with me and and be mine forever. And so she's like, oh, like, can I do that? I hope he's hot yeah maybe maybe he is hot when he's in his like regular form like i hope he doesn't just stay as a wall of water i downloaded that book i would love <laughs> so to read it. i am going to read that yeah we'll keep y'all posted and then last but certainly not least is <laughs> my boy <laughs> chuck tingle <laughs> chuck tingle is just such a special special boy he has written just, I'm assuming that is how he identifies. No one actually knows who Chuck Tingle is, but he has written just the most intriguing little tidbits of reading material. Um, so We can't even call it literature? <laughs> it's certainly not literature, but it is, there are words on that page. Yeah. Um, so the first one, so he likes to do a lot with like dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. which is something else entirely so the first and one also butts space raptor butt invasion mm-hmm. um next we have which i think is probably one of his more popular pieces um <laughs> trans wizard harriet porber and the bad boy parasaurolophus ah don't know what that looks like but we think it's also a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur for sure. Um, and then last, we have pounded in the butt by my own butt. And I would love to know the dynamics of how that works. Most of these, I think, are parody pieces. But no one knows for sure because he just keeps cranking them out. Yeah. I wonder how much money Chuck Tingle makes off of this. Or if like, it's just a passion project. Yeah, Chuck Tingle's like, I'm actually an accountant during the day. And like, <laughs> this is how I relieve steam. I feel like, yeah, the people who write the craziest shit have to have the most boring ass like day jobs yeah. for sure. Chuck, you keep doing you, dude. You keep doing you. I want to read Pound in the Butt by my own butt. Yeah, I'd love to know how that works. So that wraps up monster romances for this week. So join us next week as we discuss the kiss curse by Rachel Hawkins. Uh, it could go either way, really, truly. Yeah, we're a little nervous now that we didn't like the first one. So much. <laughs> Regardless, we're we, going to persevere. We are still going to read it. It's still going to be cute and Halloweeny, and that is something that we love. The week after that, we will be looking up Thanksgiving-themed books to give you some recommendations for the Thanksgiving season. Truly thankful for all the books out there, especially. <laughs> yes, it's just a time. These Thanksgiving-themed smut pieces. Give thanks. So go ahead, get started on The Kiss Curse. We'll talk to you next time. And as always, let's get lit. <laughs>